Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And I'm Dan Alika, I am Auto Trader's road test editor. And today, Dan, you're going to have to bring back your truck voice because we're talking all about trucks. Drugs. Let's do it. Truck <laughs> stuff. You, I need you to pretend like you're in one of those truck commercials. Like, I'm hard, channeling, hard working. I'm, I'm channeling like if I were one of the Elmers. For those of you who don't know, friends of the show, Howard and Stephen Elmer from Truck King. Good guys. But I, if I were like an honorary Elmer, I'd be like, let's, let's talk trucks. We're talking trucks today. Let's talk. I'd, I'd, and as soon as I said the voice, I would like spontaneously get the handlebar mustache like Howard. It would just appear. My beard would dissolve and it would turn into the form of a handlebar. It's like, it's like method acting. I really yeah, like it. Totally. Um, so obviously like Canadians love their trucks. The Ford F-150 is consistently the top selling vehicle in the whole country year after year after totally. year. But we should also point out that's always like, it's it's still it's still the, the best seller, right? But by the numbers, like most automakers, like you, it's retail sales, mm -hmm. but then with stuff like trucks, you're gonna you're gonna group fleet into fleet there sales, so yeah. that it's like so it definitely makes it it doesn't change the fact that they're so popular but it's definitely like a little bit of a you know like a little trickiness going on there yeah and so this this trickiness is something we'll touch on throughout the episode um, because we think that this this is deserving of a demystification Let's there's a it. lot of stuff about trucks yeah. that are complicated and a little bit confusing so we're gonna try to outline all of that and talk about you know what's complicated and confusing to me what why people love trucks so much <laughs> i mean people it makes a lot of sense a lot Does of people it? need trucks a lot of people don't need trucks which is true um but um yeah it's also one of the most searched vehicles on the auto trader marketplace like yeah. every single year we've been tracking this i think it's been seven years it's been the number one most yeah. searched vehicle and so like trucks are popular canadians really love their trucks um, and the market is very different now than it was even like five years ago. It's very, very different. So we're going to go through that a little bit. We're going to be talking about uh, tips on buying trucks, what to look for. If you're new to trucks, we're going to go through the different types of trucks you could buy. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a trucky truck episode. And I was just like, just last night, I got back from, from the first of my annual camping trips this year. And I did it in a truck. Cool. And it was the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Love and before any of you out there listening start, you know, your, your blood pressure starts to, to boil over, I'm going to level with you. The Hyundai Santa Cruz is absolutely a truck. And I'm going to double down. Uh-oh, get ready. And say it's a really good one. I love the Hyundai Santa Cruz. So, yeah. like, when I drove it, I absolutely loved it because it drove like a regular, like a crossover. Yeah. Didn't require any adjustment to my lifestyle. I could fit anywhere. There's yeah. some, like, parking garages and spaces downtown Toronto. I will not take a half ton to because I will not be able to fit. Yeah. And, and you know, if we do want to talk about truck stuff and doing truck stuff, like, for my friends and I, we do kind of backwoods camping. So, it's narrow access trails to get back to th this one spot that we've been going to for years and doing it in a bigger vehicle is a little bit precarious. It's a little bit, you know, nerve wracking, especially if it's a, a press tester, I don't want to scratch it. Mm -hmm. um, so doing it in the Santa Cruz took all of that stress away, yeah. but then, you know, it's still got all wheel drive. It's still got terrain modes because like this isn't exactly an easy place to get to. 
And having that Santa Cruz was amazing. Because it just fits and it's so practical. So like, let's back up a little bit. Yes. Let's just define truck because a lot of traditional truck people don't think that trucks like the Santa Cruz are quote real trucks. Because they get upset that it's that it's unibody instead of body yeah. on frame. And so that's one of, so when you look in the definition or look in the uh, dictionary for what defines a truck, it is a vehicle with an open cargo area. Santa Cruz has that. Santa Cruz has that. And that's literally all you need to be a truck. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. And I, I do understand that whole thing. Well, you know, it's got to be tough and rugged and whatever. But, like, let's also not forget that cars used to be body on frame. And they were terrible. But but I just mean, like, you know, you, the, the whole thing that a truck, you know, that's what defines yeah. it as a truck is, like, this is just evolution. The yeah. auto industry, you know, is very much about that. Yeah, Things definitions change. will change through time. And so this kind of brings us into our first topic, which is defining the different types of trucks. So trucks like the Hyundai Santa Cruz, the Honda Ridgeline, uh, the Ford Maverick. Yep. Those are all what's called crossover-based compact trucks. Well, technically, the Ridgeline is a midsize. Oh, it's a midsize. Just okay. like, yeah, just like a Ranger or a Tacoma. Okay, but it's, yeah. the, the whole point is that it's built on a crossover platform yeah. and not a body-on-frame traditional platform. Which makes it, yes, it's not quite as capable uh, in terms of, like, towing and payload and stuff, but it's, like you said, way more comfortable uh, because it it's not... It doesn't have that frame that it's going to be yeah. all rigid and, and kind of rickety. So it's a lot more comfortable to drive, um, yes. a lot more easy to maneuver. Yes. They're better on gas. Yes. Um, and they still offer all, a lot of that same practicality uh, that those big half ton I am offer. such a big proponent because payload is another one, you know, that it doesn't change that much. Unless you're buying like a contractor grade, you know, pickup truck you're looking at the same kind of in the 12 to 1800 pounds of payload range. In the case of the Santa Cruz, it can tow 5,000 pounds. I haven't towed that much with it, but I've towed with the Santa Cruz and it does just fine. It's got a two and a half liter turbocharged four cylinder. It's got tons of torque. It's, it's amazing. I love the Santa Cruz. And the Ridgeline, too, is yeah. really good. And even the Ford Maverick. The Maverick is cool. The I can't Maverick... wait to drive. I still haven't driven the hybrid, and that's, like, high on my list of vehicles that I want to drive. The The Ford Maverick hybrid is really good. I had a brief test with it uh, in the winter at some point. I think I was, like, one of the first people in the country to drive it. But I was getting, like, Wow, what a flex. I know. Guys, I'm Jody Lai. I got to drive this first, and it was, you know. But I was getting, like, I think... 5.9 liters per 100 kilometers yeah, that's for a really truck. Good. And I know it was like a short test, but it was on winter tires and it was during a snow day. So I was taking it a little bit light, but like still to get that kind of fuel economy yeah, for a truck is wild. That's what, you know, and I remember, so that was one thing, like I've talked to people about it before and, and my personal feeling is like the fact that currently Ford doesn't offer the Maverick hybrid with all wheel drive is a bit of a disappointment. So I reached out to Ford about it in the, quote I got back was, you know, there's there's nothing from a design and engineering perspective stopping Ford from offering all-wheel drive because the powertrain is the same as the Escape Hybrid. Which comes with all-wheel drive. You can get it with all-wheel drive. It's like $1,000 and it's a mechanical system because like Toyota with its hybrids, we went over this in episode two, I believe, and but you can go back and listen to it if you didn't catch it already, that Toyota uses an electric all-wheel drive system in its hybrids, so it's a separate electric motor in the back. With Ford, with the Escape Hybrid, it's a mechanical all-wheel drive system just like the gas-powered version. So it's very easy to accommodate that in the Maverick mm -hmm. packaging. I bet it's coming. 
I wouldn't be surprised. He said it's just a matter of of demand, and I'm sure if you asked, you know, a Maverick shopper, like they would say, yes, a hundred percent. That's what I, I mean. Want. The take up rate in Canada for all wheel drive is like really, really high, right? Yeah. It, I don't remember the exact number, most, but it's high. Most, and it, granted, this is more about premium brands, but like most in the states, you still get a lot of vehicles that are offered in you know front or rear wheel drive, and all wheel drive is optional. Whereas in Canada, yeah. it's just straight all wheel drive the because that's what so people high. want. Yeah, because our weather sucks, right? In California, you never get bad weather, so well, like you would never I mean, need I think drive. there's a certain sense that you know there's there's like that, and we can get get into it in terms of trucks. Um, a false sense of security that comes with stuff like that. And, you know, that's part of that whole, well, bigger and I'm safer, but then, you know, the next truck that comes out is just going to be bigger than that. And it's that constant yeah. one-upmanship. Yeah. Um, and bigger doesn't mean safer. That's very true. That's one you of the know? things we'll demystify later, yeah. but also, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there that we need to so, unpack. So, but yeah, let's, so we'll, now we'll jump back. So mid-sized trucks are still body on frame, just like a full size. It's just, they're smaller. So like the Jeep Gladiator, Toyota Tacoma, which has been the best selling mid-sized truck forever. Yep. Uh, the Nissan Frontier, Ford, the Ford Ranger, Ranger, Chevrolet Colorado, GMC Canyon. I think that's the whole yeah, the there, whole there's not a whole bunch of them. No, um, but it's better than it was. Remember, recession, a lot of tough decisions. The Ranger went away. Yeah, the Dodge Dakota went away. Um, there no more Chevy S10 and, and GMC Sonoma. I think it was called back then. Wow. And then they slowly started coming back. Yeah, and I think part of the reason why they came back, and and part of the reason why these compact trucks all of a sudden there's so many of them where like five years ago there were almost none yeah except the ridgeline i think was the only one the ridgeline for a while was was like in the tacoma and, and frontier of course like those but but in terms of like you know the the gm got rid of theirs back then chrysler corp um got rid of the the dakota mm -hmm. and uh yeah, they just like had to again make tough decisions, and yeah. you know they weren't like f fuel economy wise. My but I remember my buddy had a Dakota, and it was worse on gas than back then a, a Dodge Ram fifteen hundred, like an equivalent. Really? Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think with with half ton trucks getting so big. And they re automakers realize that there's like really no price cap to how much you can charge people for half ton trucks because yeah. they'll shell out the money. And so for the rest of us who you know can't afford them, there were not many options, which is why these compact trucks started coming out, which is why these mid-sized ones became more popular. Um, again, they offer a lot of the same pros as the half ton trucks, a little bit less capability, yeah. but you still get all that practicality. You still get an open bed. You still get all wheel drive if yeah. you want it. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really great option. Um, but yeah, full size trucks are what most people think of when, when we talk about trucks, stuff like the F-150, the Dodge Ram, well, the Ram Chevy Well, Ram 1500 Sil now. Yeah, sorry. I called it the Dodge. It hasn't been called a Dodge Somebody's Ram in a long like, time. Somebody's going to be like, if you can't Dodge it, Ram it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Oh my God. <laughs> the worst slogan of all time. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. I completely blocked that out of my memory because With it was good so reason, bad. With good reason, yeah. Oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, luckily, like the truck market is a lot more open. Um, to and people. it's changed. And like you said, it's just, there's no price cap. Like that, you know, automakers are like, oh, you're willing to spend six figures on a pickup truck? I mean, that Ram that you drove not too long ago, tell us about that one. Yeah, it was a Ram 1500 GT. Um, that's the package. It was built on the Sport. So it was like 
I think the fourth of seven trims or something, if you don't count the, the TRX, which I don't, that's like a specialty vehicle. But in terms of like the, the kind of regular Ram 1500 lineup, that's like directly in the middle of the lineup. And with the options, it was $92,000. And I'm going to go a little further and I'm not here to dunk on Ram, but this weekend, that camping trip, my friends and I were driving up through Bancroft, Ontario. There is a Chrysler dealership right on the main drag. And we drove by and there were something like eight Ram 1500 classics. So basically demand is high enough and the, the money being made off these trucks is so astronomical that there is the, the kind of new, the current generation Ram. And then also Ram trucks produces the previous generation and it's just called the Ram Classic. Yeah. So it's modern amenities and everything. It just has the older yeah. body and, style. And they're selling them side by side. Yes. And the eight vehicles, the eight Ram Classics that were parked out front, they were all 2022s. The average, and they looked kind of like, you know, pretty low tier in terms of equipment. The average price in the windshield, this is including incentives, was $65,000. I'm sorry, but the average transaction price in Canada, it's just over $40,000. So you've got to pay $25,000 more to get a truck with like cloth seats, you know, maybe heated front seats, maybe a heated steering if wheel, you're lucky. but but not like a ton of amenities. Yeah. You're paying luxury vehicle money. And here's what I always say to people. And yes, obviously you guys are going to, you know, get the sense that I'm it's not that I don't like trucks. It's just I think that they're a little bit unnecessary for most people. Here's the question I would pose to you. If I were to say, hey, okay, you're you're looking at, you know, the Chevy Silverado, you know, and I'm, would you consider a minivan? You've got kids. No way. I'd never drive a minivan. And then if you would say, hey, would you buy a Suburban instead? No, I don't need all that room. But it's like the it's Suburban. The same it's car. the same platform. <laughs> it's just an enclosed version of a Silverado. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I don't understand this disconnect. I have friends who are, you know, contractors. I get it. That totally makes sense. If you're like big into outdoor stuff, if you've, you know, maybe got a cottage or whatever, there are lots of reasons, but I know a lot of people who own pickup trucks and it's just silly. And, and because a lot of people who own pickup trucks don't need a pickup truck. And it's because this notion that like owning a pickup truck became a status symbol yes. in itself. And so now for a lot of people who don't necessarily want like a BMW or like, you know, one of those traditional yeah. status symbol vehicles, you go and buy yourself a big honking truck yeah. because it tells people that like I made it because trucks are expensive. You right? see those guys with the with the trucks that that say like uh, dirty hands, clean money on the back. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just a flex of like, look at, you know, I, yeah. I, I did this and I get it. Good for you. But it's also like. They're unnecessary. Like you said, they're big. They're difficult to park. You've always got to park at the at the end of the aisle at the grocery store because you can't fit up yeah. front. I mean, like I know people who literally go to a cottage twice a year and they use that to justify their purchase of yeah. a truck. And and to me, and this leads kind of into our next segment, is that when if you're considering a truck, um, just be really honest with yourself on how you'll use it. You know, if you're one of those people who will tow once I know people who don't have who own trucks who have never even loaded it up, never yeah. towed it with anything. Yeah. But if you you know go to a cottage twice a year and you need more space, rent rent something for that time because totally. you'll end up saving so much more money. And even like I remember a friend of mine, you know, had bought a house and 
the the little kind of it wasn't like a full garage but it had this little you know garagey type thing attached to the side of the house and the previous owners had left some stuff in there that he took to the dump so it was like literally one dump run and he was like yeah i think i'm gonna get a tacoma and i was like why and he's like well you know like with going to the dump this house reno stuff and i'm like but you did that once yeah and and your parents own a truck so just so borrow just it. borrow it or it's like he had a cross trek at the time you could put a little utility trailer on the back of that thing it can tow like 1500 pounds that's all you need for yeah. these dump runs it's just this illogical like you're buying something for that one time that you're doing it and to me it's like you know a very expensive version of being like i'm going on a casual bike ride so I'm going to like get all geared up in all my equipment. It's like, no, you're silly. Yeah, okay, the serious ones, you know, you buy like this big expensive carbon road bike and all the equipment and you right. want to look like Lance Armstrong. But you're not going to do that to to like commute to work. It's it's overkill. Yeah, it's, it's more of a flex like you yeah. say than anything else. Um, and like certainly a lot of people do use their trucks and they use them hard. Yes. And like that's that's why they exist. Um, but I think if, if you're new to trucks and you might be considering buying yourself a big truck, just be really honest with yourself about what you'll use it for and yeah. how often you'll use it in that way. And I'm like back in the day, I'm guilty of it too. I, I owned a 2002 Ford F-150 um, and I, you know, was really excited about it. And then it felt really, you know, unnecessary. It was, you know, terrible on gas. I didn't really use it for what it was made for. So I sold it because I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is silly. Yeah, and then you realize that it becomes, it can become more of a headache than than, than a help. <laughs> and I honestly don't know. Like, I mean, this is one of those things. I'm sure we'll we'll get some, you know, some grumpy comments too. But email email us at expert at trader.ca. I want to know. Like, tell me, tell me why. And we're not here to like shame you individually. I'm genuinely curious why you own a truck. Just tell, like, explain yeah. what the justification was for you personally to be like, we, yes, we were shopping for a vehicle and landed on an F-150 or whatever. Because the other thing I will say is that trucks, in my opinion, aren't very practical for family life. Because, yeah, okay, sure, it's it's got a back seat just like any other vehicle. But if you're going somewhere, where do you put your stuff? If you're going for, if you go to, let's say you go to Costco with the kids and it's like family of four Saturday outing to Costco, you got to put all your stuff in the back and sure you might have like a, a tonneau a cover, cover or a cap, but like it's not completely dry, completely secure from the elements. So it's because every time you see somebody in a truck at the grocery store, what are they doing? They're back putting, seat. they're putting their grocery bags in the back yeah, seat. And that's something that I had to do as well. Like it's different with the Santa Cruz because it has that uh, retractable tonneau cover that comes yeah. standard, which I love. Um, but recently I was driving a Ford Ranger and I had four people in there. It didn't have a cover on the back. Yeah. And so they had to sit there with all of my stuff, Yeah. which it's... is not a great way to roll, right? No, it's not very she lost three friends them. that day. <laughs> <laughs> they were my boyfriend and his kids. So Never like, again. You know? <laughs> Dad, we're not going out with Jody ever again. She makes us carry her belongings and... Mission accomplished then. It was, it worked out in my See? favor. Well, um, my thing is just that 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 is the prime example yeah. of like, you know, you're not it doesn't 
it's not it's like we think of practicality as utility and it's not necessarily the same thing yeah right? because if you look at like my hatchback for example yeah. i can fit tons of stuff yeah. back there yeah. i could do dump runs in my volkswagen golf a hundred percent and maybe i need to do two trips that's fine by me because t that's a lot more affordable than me going out to buy a truck that I'll only use once a year. Yeah, and especially <laughs> with gas prices being what they are right Brutal now. Right like, now. Yeah, okay, we're, you know, this is one of those things, and I think we got an ask an expert question about this, so I don't want to, like, totally step on it, but it's like, you know, don't, don't buy something. Ba this is what happened when gas prices dropped. Yeah. And people went, oh, man, gas is so cheap, I'm going to buy a truck. And, and now, now, gas is so expensive. My buddy, he constantly messages us with pain you can like feel the pain in the group chat when it's like you know two oh i saw this morning it was like two dollars and two cents a liter in a 130 liter gas tank that's gonna cost you like 200 bucks to fill 270 dollars yeah. to fill the tank of a truck that you might make it 600 kilometers yeah and so Oof. with the with gas prices being as high as they are now um, I think the interest in like alternative powertrain trucks is becoming more and more. You Good know, thing they're coming. Yeah, and so like. F one fifty Lightning. F one fifty Lightning Ooh. is coming. Chevrolet Silverado EV is coming. Ram Ram fifty. What the, I don't think the name has been announced yet, but there's an electric Ram it's on coming. the way. The, the Hummer EV is here in uh, Silly. The Rivian is coming. RT1. I saw Rivian. In Toronto this weekend, someone drove it up from uh, Texas, I think. My it was friend, so cool. when we were camping, was asking me about it and and was like, "Would you buy one?" And I said, "Like, I need, I need to see more of them because right now I'm worried, about, like, about the longevity of that brand." Yeah, that's true. Because, but you also don't need a truck. <laughs> well, no, but but that's one uh, electrification is that I still think they're silly because it's like that. Now the Rivian, it, it's a little smaller. It kind of falls a little closer to the midsize. It did look a lot smaller in person than I had pictured it. So, but you know, so it's if, if you're talking about like the F-150 Lightning, it's still big, so it's still going to be difficult to maneuver. You know, downtown, yeah. um, harder to park, but at least it's burning electricity. You know, electrons and not gasoline. Yeah. There's no harmful emissions to worry about. And even if you weren't ready to take the step into a full EV truck, there's hybrid trucks too. So yeah. the F-150 comes with a hybrid. It's and fantastic. And it's really good. Uh, the Toyota Tundra comes as a hybrid now. I've not yet driven that one, but some of the early results I've seen is that the, the fuel economy isn't that good. In the Toyota? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be a little disappointed if Very I bought a Tundra. Very interesting. Um, but talk to us about the F-150 hybrid because you've spent time with it and you I have, quite it. a bit. Yeah, and uh, so I put something like 1,000, 1,200 kilometers on one last year. Um, Again, was, you took it camping, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was really good. Um, I averaged like 9.8 liters per hundred kilometers, which, you know, any truck owner out there knows that's really good. That's like, really good for a half ton truck. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And this was again combined and this was camping and, you know, had, had it in, in four wheel high and like, you know, needed to do some, some truck stuff with it, like enough to be like, it affected the, right. the fuel economy. Um, but I averaged 9.8 liters per hundred kilometers and it has one of my favorite features in a vehicle in general, which is an onboard inverter. This this might be the fourth time Dan has mentioned I'm this feature on the podcast. I'm trying to get it into every episode. It's, so you can get it with the gas only F-150, but you can only get a small one. And it's like 2.7 um, kilowatts. With the 
hybrid it comes with that but then you can upgrade it to a 7.2 kilowatt inverter so good so in my video which you can watch on the auto trader youtube channel don't forget to subscribe you can i plugged a microwave in which is ridiculous i plugged just to make a point just to be like yeah let's let's cook some popcorn you know when we're out we were like out in this beautiful little like woodsy area That's so funny and but it's so cool. And the other thing that you can do with it, if you are like a, you know, quote unquote, you're doing real truck stuff with it, um, with that 7.2 kilowatt inverter, as well as the 9.2 kilowatt or 9.7 that you can get with the all electric F-150, it has like a NEMA, whatever, like the twist lock um, outlet that you need to plug in a, a camper trailer. Like if you went to a campsite, like a powered site, it has that outlet in the bed of the truck. So you can precondition your trailer while you're towing it to whatever campsite that you're going to. So you can keep the air conditioning on, you know, you can have your fridge loaded your beer up, cold. keep that beer cold and you get, get to the campsite, you plug it in. You don't have to wait for everything to kind of, That's you know, so nice. it's amazing. What a great feature. And have. Ford claims that it does not, that energy draw will not affect you know, the engine performance in terms of like your torque when you're towing. Because it's a separate system, right? Yeah, because it's an inverter. So it's just like it draws that power and it and it it's right. not like you're running it. It's not an accessory being run off the engine. Right. It uses the battery pack um, and it's and yeah, it won't affect the performance of the truck itself. That is super cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to go over the pros and cons of electric cr trucks. So I know they're not very popular now, but I'm yeah. kind of it's kind of obvious that like they will become really popular in the next couple years, I yeah. think. Um, and so the pros and cons of electric trucks are very similar to the pros and cons of electric cars. Yeah. And so one of the biggest limitations would be range. And so yeah. if you're a truck owner and you do all the trucky stuff, like you're hauling, you're towing, that will eat into your electric range much, much faster than if you were just driving it without yes. all that stuff. Yes, 100%. And, and then when you're towing with an electric truck, you'll also have to keep in mind how much time you'll need to charge. Yeah. But also, if you have a trailer hooked up to your truck, you can't pull into certain charging stations. Yeah, I've seen some some trouble on social media of people trying to charge at the, like you, you're, we're going to need like pull through stations, especially, you know, we talked a couple episodes ago about at at those on route um, service stations across Ontario. They're slowly installing these fast chargers, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the 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 next stage is they're going to be like, oh, these need to be pull throughs because when you go to those on routes, how many times do you see people with their trailers all loaded up and they're, you know, heading exactly. out camping? Yeah. If you can't charge, then what's the point? And especially if your range is just disappearing because of all that ad added weight, you're going to need to charge. Because best case, like the, the F-150, I think it's rated for like 600 kilometers. At which the is top, amazing. Which, it's amazing. That's without towing. Yeah. So, you know, and I know like a lot of people that go camping go further away from home than that. Yeah. So let's say you lose, worst case scenario, let's say that that trailer, you know, a 6,000 pound trailer on the back with all of your gear, that you get half of that. So, so you're looking at 300 kilometers, kilometers. Which is not going to get you that far. No. Um, and especially once you get to your campsite, 
you're going to need a way back home. Yeah. And how are you going to charge when you're at your campsite, exactly. right? So these problems, um, they exist. I think the infrastructure, like we always talk about how the EV charging infrastructure really needs to improve yeah. before um, EVs become more mainstream yeah. and more practical. So just keep that in mind if you're considering an EV truck. There are certain challenges that as a truck driver, you, you'll experience that other EV drivers won't. So just to keep that in mind. Um, another thing that I wanted to demystify doo -doo 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 -doo, is all of the um, the one upmanship that's happening in yeah. trucks and how and silly it is. how the ratings silly has been the theme of this in my, at least my half of this yeah podcast. so so I'm how can we explain this so in in the truck industry, automakers love saying stuff like, we have the highest towing capacity or yeah. we have the most amount of torque in a truck in the world. Like they yeah. like to make these really big claims. Yeah. Um, but when you see those claims as a truck shopper and a truck driver, there's always like a little asterisk that you have to be aware of. And yeah, I think so the towing capacity is always a good one um, because I've had conversations with people over the years where they see you know, a commercial for a truck and it says, oh, you know, best in class V8 towing, 10,000 pounds, 11,000 pounds. And they're like, great, I'm going to go buy that. So they go buy, you know, uh, let's say an F-150, you know, platinum. And it's got heated and ventilated and massaging seats and a 23 speaker stereo and all of this stuff. And then when they actually put it to the test, they find out that it's capable of thousands of pounds less than what they saw because what you're seeing advertised it's it's that trickiness where you're going to see that number so let's say it's 11,000 pounds and you see this beautiful you know glistening and glinting f-150 limited with 2020 you know 22 inch alloy wheels and all the fixings but that towing capacity that's being advertised is actually the single cab, yeah. long box, rear wheel drive V8. It has to be spec'd out in an extremely specific way in order for those claims to be true. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. They just see that, that number and assume that every truck on the lot has that capacity. And I kind of put it to the test with not the this, this past year, but last year when uh, I drove the Ram 1500 and Ram has this VIN lookup tool, which is really handy. Ford apparently launched one and then it quickly went away because I think people were, more people than they expected were finding out bad news. Ooh. So it like mysteriously disappeared. But Ram still has this VIN lookup tool. So you can look up the exact capacity, both towing and, and payload of your truck, the way it was built. With all the different configurations? Like, no, your, because it's your VIN. Oh, right, so it's, it's like, oh, the one that, that already, yeah, the, the one that Jody bought has, you know, this is the capacity. And so I did it with the Ram 1500 that I reviewed and that we used in that comparison last year. And so it, you know, you look at what's advertised and it was like 12,000 pounds. And it was good for like 7,200 pounds because it was decked out with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and, and that's just something I always want to warn people about yes. because, you know, automakers are in the business of selling trucks, yes. right? Trucks. Um, trucks. And as a buyer, you have to be aware of these advertising claims and what, what they're advertising versus what you're actually getting. That's always my thing when I talk to people who tow and, you know, my parents are, are in the market, my dad 
just retired and you know they they've for years been bandying about okay we'll, we'll get a bigger trailer and that probably mean, means a truck and my dad has asked me about it and i said to him well judging by the trailers that you're looking for i really do think a heavy duty truck is the way to go because you know and there's no like there's no kind of definitive rule of thumb for it but my personal take is that you shouldn't exceed about 60 to 70% of the the capacity of your truck. So, you know, just because it says it can tow mm-hmm. 11,000 pounds doesn't mean you should buy a trailer that's 11,000 pounds because you have water tanks, you have your food. All your you stuff, have, yeah, you have, there's so much stuff. And yeah, like payload, if you have your truck loaded up with you know family of four the dog all your stuff in the bed you max out that payload that eats into the towing capacity and and tongue weight is also part of that payload calculation it is a very complex calculation that you need to make and if you are pushing close to that line with a half ton truck step up to a heavy because this here's the other problem All we're talking about right now is capacity in terms of like, can it tow? The safety side of it is, can it slow down? And that's why these capacity limits exist because anything above and beyond what it's rated for, it it can become really unsafe. Very dangerous. um, Because that's a lot of weight for those brakes to be able to stop quickly. (laughs) It's not, and that's why like that move to a heavy duty truck the brakes themselves are just bigger, yep. right? And it, and handling wise, you know, it's going to be, you don't want to have this big, heavy trailer on the back that's, you know, whatever, like one and a half times the weight of the truck that's towing it. That's, that's a recipe for, for disaster. Yeah. And I'm really, you know, I hate to like go dance, you know, that, that kind of dark avenue. But when I lived in Northern Alberta, I was a reporter at at a newspaper and we often went to collision scenes that involved overloaded campers because you know we were on the the route to get to Alaska so a lot of people coming a long way to go check out you know the territories and and head into Alaska and a lot of disastrous collisions that I saw because trailers you know inexperienced drivers with overloaded trailers, it is very, very dangerous. Yeah, and so like my advice for you would be to really research, like research, 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 what your truck's capacity is, but also all of those other factors that you need to account for to make sure you're doing it safely. Don't settle for, you know, what that advertised number is, like confirm it with, get the build sheet, work with your dealer, you know, don't, just take a no it'll be fine like you really do need to do your due diligence because the other problem is there's no going back like if you buy that truck and then you find out it doesn't work with the trailer you already own you can't go back to the dealer and say i don't want this anymore you're You're going to lose yeah or you're going to lose money or you sell your trailer and it's like and nowadays all of that stuff is harder and harder to come by yep so you know, you really need to check and double check and triple check that it it all makes yep. sense because safety is number one. And 
it is very it's a it's a those those decisions you know can become problematic very quickly and there's nothing you can do about it yeah and it's that's that's why i always say that like the truck world is very complicated mm -hmm. and confusing yes. because there's so many different factors you have to account for so do your research make sure it's safe yeah and you should be fine but yeah. like that's really important and i think a lot of people don't really consider those things they're like oh this truck can do everything like yeah. let's just hook up everything throw in everything yeah and you know leave it to the gods like yeah, i just don't think that's a risky. smart thing to no. do yeah so just be careful that's just our warning um but since you mentioned our ask an expert yes we have arrived at our Ask an Expert section of the podcast. I like this section. So if you have any questions about anything, cars, trucks. Pizza. Pizza, Dan's whole vibe, my whole vibe, whatever, email us at expert at trader.ca. Yep. And we'll try to uh, answer a couple of your questions in each episode. Yep. This time we have two questions. One is about trucks. Okay. So Steven asks... I currently drive a 2017 Ford F-150 Crew Cab 4x4 V8 yep. and have noticed a significant dent into my budget due to the rising there fuel you go. costs. Yeah. I'm considering downsizing into a 2022 Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. Do you think this is a good choice or would you recommend something else? I mean, the RAV4 Hybrid is amazing. So I first of all, I love the RAV4 Hybrid because yeah. it is built in Ontario. It's built locally, super efficient, has yep. all-wheel drive. Yep. Will it do the same thing as your F-150 truck? No. no. But, but also, Stephen seems to have hit that, you know, kind of realization that we were talking about where it's like, do I need a truck? No. And if it's gas prices that are, that are you know, pushing you, Stephen, into that decision, like, good on you. But... If you do need the truck, consider the other side of what I said earlier, where when people rush to buy trucks when gas was cheap, don't sell it just because gas is cheap for a little bit because, or gas, sorry, gas is expensive for a little bit mm -hmm. because, you know, if- It'll if come back. Yeah, up, and yeah. if prices drop and then you go, oh man, like I did need that truck after all because, you know, the RAV4 hybrid can't tow. You know, it's, it can only, I, I don't even know, it can tow like maybe not, a, a few thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to do the same stuff. So just know that, you know, I personally think it's a great, a great move if it works for you. But again, just don't make it in haste. And also know that getting your hands on a RAV4 hybrid right now is very difficult. Toyota just can't build them. Yeah, because quick the enough. demand for hybrids is so high right yeah. now because of the high gas prices. I think there's a lot of other well, people even preemptively, in your similar shoes, right? But even before that, they're like it's yeah. been production has been so hard. Good. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such an excellent vehicle. Demand is high, yeah. and so. Um, but luckily, I mean, if you were going to sell your F one fifty, like it's a good time to do it. You're gonna get top dollar for that truck absolutely you post that on trader and i guarantee you you yeah. will you It'll will go quickly oh yeah <laughs> um so i hope that answers your question um if you have any follow-up steve again you can email us again at, at uh, expert at trader.ca um our next question has to do with it, it's very particular to you and i okay oh so maroon asks i currently own a 2013 volkswagen passat tdi manual uh, where i yes. get about 950 kilometers in city driving and around 1200 on the highway i'm not ready to replace it yet for several reasons i can't see myself driving an automatic car because it's extremely boring 
Um, and, I, and I believe I can still get three to four years out of the car. I uh, currently have around 165,000 kilometers on it and I drive around 15,000 kilometers a year. I spend approximately $1,800 a year on maintenance. When would be the time to actually get another car? Not now. Knowing full <laughs> well we will be changing to EVs by 2030, my next car will have to be electric. So first of all, Dan and I both drive manual diesel Volkswagens. Yes. Um, and I also plan on driving mine until it is dead. Yes. I, I would so say much. that, I mean, obviously I don't know the condition of this Passat, but if it's that low mileage, um, you know, 165,000 kilometers on the odometer, keep driving it. Also, those diesel engines are so robust. I it'll would go just, for, uh, forever. I would, I would stick with that thing. You know, yeah, diesel prices are, are ex you know, it's very expensive right now, but mm -hmm. like, you're also getting incredible economy. Yeah, so it kind of evens out, right? Yeah. So I know it's not as affordable to drive as it once was, as we both know, we're yeah. crying every time we have to fill up our cars. Um, but I, I would say drive it until it dies, or when, yeah. when the cost for maintenance outweighs your savings. Totally, like right even now, that 1800 bucks a year for maintenance is a little on the high side, in my opinion. You know, that, that seems to be a little expensive because you know yeah oil changes are more expensive for a diesel yeah but and like, then the def and stuff like that yeah well this one is a 2013 so it wouldn't oh so it doesn't it. even have that yeah. yeah so i so i would say if you're comfortable you know with that with that cost i would wait um i would try to get another five years out of that car because yeah. at that point you are gonna you know if you said it and you're smart to say like your next vehicle is going to be electric great yeah the market then is going to be even better, better than, than it, it is, is now um you know there's going to and hey wait a minute five years from now that's 2027 so and what was nissan's target with the solid state 20, battery 28 so try to stretch it six years yeah and you could you know find yourself in a very um you know like a long range electric vehicle yep. with all kinds of cool like yep. i really think i said it in uh, the Kia EV6 review that I that I just finished, and it should be up on the site soon. Um, the tide is turning. This is the moment where it's like the cascade is just yep. starting to hit, where we're about to be flooded with some amazing electric vehicles. Yep, the different body styles, different budgets, lots yeah. of range. Like the tech is just getting better and better. So I would try to ride this out for you know, another five or six years. As long as you can. Yeah. And basically it's just when, when the maintenance starts requiring you to, to change big things that become really expensive. That's when you kind of want to yeah. think about, you know, swapping out to another yeah, I'm, car. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking pretty like ideally here. Yeah, if everything continues if every, if to go car, the way yeah. it is, like I'm in that boat where I have, you know, my golf wagon, it has 127,000 kilometers on it. It's the 2014. And I plan to, to drive it as long as I possibly can. Yeah, same. Mine's a 2015 Golf TDI. Yours uses about, DEF, though. Mine uses DEF, yeah. yeah. And so I have about 170,000 kilometers okay. on it. Um, so basically, you know, one one jug of the DEF lasts me like a year or something yeah. like that. And we're, you know, Jody and I are lucky that we don't drive our cars as often as the True. average person because we're driving a lot of a lot of press vehicles so like i might put a few thousand kilometers on my i think i put five thousand on it a over, year no over two years oh, that's <laughs> yeah. nothing yeah that's amazing yeah. um 
Yeah, so anyway, thank you for your question. We hope that kind of helps. Yeah, I hope that helps. It was very, that question is very dear to our hearts. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but if, again, if any of you had questions, please email us at expert at trader.ca. Yep. But we're also looking for Father's Day submissions. Oh, yeah. Father's Day is around the corner. So Father's Day is in, what, mid-June or something yeah. like that? And we're going to be coming out with a new podcast episode specifically for Father's yep. Day. I think the week before Father's Day. Yes. Um, and so we would love to hear your stories about your dad's. You know, any car related stuff like that's obviously, you know, we're talking on the road here, but it's like road trips, you know, cars, maybe some like cool project that you that you built with your dad, um, something that your dad taught you that's that's still with you to this day. Just anything that, you know, stands out in your mind. Um, please let us know. Please email us because we really want to share that kind of stuff. We just think it's cool, and and yeah. I think and I love being able to amplify, you know, other other people's voices. Yeah, we want to hear your stories. Yeah, um, and we're gonna pick a couple to read on yeah. our next episode. But yeah, t if you have any fun memories with your dad or a father figure in your life, yeah, um, any fun wisdom that you wanted to share that was passed down to you, anything like that, we would love to hear them and read them on our next episode. Uh, we're going to have my dad on, on the episode. We're going to have my dad on the episode. And so you're going to learn a lot about why we're here today. Well, we're getting into that stuff, eh? Oh, it's, oh, well, I mean, birds and bees <laughs> Whoa, whoa, and stuff. birds and bees, But this is, a, this is On the Road. It's a car podcast, so we're going to try to stay on topic. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, if you if you have dad stories, please email us at expert at trader.ca. I cannot wait to hear your, your dad stories. Yeah, you can also let us know on, like, Facebook if that's more your jam. Yeah, you could DM us on Instagram. I think I think the email is probably the best way to yes, go. Yes, please do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of On the Road with Auto trader um we're really looking forward to the next episode and uh don't forget to subscribe and oh and rate the podcast yeah if you rate it it kind of bumps it up and more people will see it yeah which is always what we want absolutely and also keep on trucking keep on trucking y'all see you next time <laughs>